What's going on, guys? Brendan Burns here from The Brendan Burns Show. Joining me today is Nicholas Kirchner of Pixels, the killer online marketing agency. Nicholas, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Brendan. It's an absolute pleasure to be here, man. I'm looking forward to it. Let's do it. I'm so excited to dive in and talk all about what you've been up to and how you can help our listeners today. But why don't you start just from the top? Like, where are you from and what's your background? Sure. So I was born in New Jersey, lived in Pennsylvania for a little bit, and then moved to Racine, Wisconsin, where I spent the majority of my childhood growing up. Um, and then uh, went off to one year of college at the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. Found out that wasn't for me and uh, left there. And now I live here in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So that's, uh, that's my whereabouts. Very nice. So we're going to talk a lot about entrepreneurship today, how you've been able to start and scale your own successful business. You're a killer Facebook ads manager. You made me a ton of money. You're out there crushing it. But a lot of people might just look at that and say, wow, this guy's got it all figured out. He's super successful and I could never do that. Or he's been able to do it, but he had it easy and he never had it hard. And I want to talk about the highs and lows of entrepreneurship. But let's go even back one step further and talk about college. Um, I... I always think about my experience in college and I have fond memories of studying abroad in Barcelona and traveling, but I do know that going to graduate school and doing four years of college held me back from growing up more quickly and, and all that stuff. So yeah. what was the experience like when you went to college and how did you kind of know that it wasn't for you? Yeah, so I got there and I had really gotten into the whole entrepreneurship thing when I was 17. Uh, the very first book I read was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I remember I went to Barnes & Noble, I bought it, I came home, and I had never read a self-development book in my life uh, like that. And I read it all in one sitting. So I literally got home and I, I sat down and it took me like six hours. But I read the whole thing cover to cover, didn't like get up one time. I was just like, let's just dove into this book. And uh, I really loved it. And I was actually following... Uh, Ty Lopez at the time. A lot of you probably know who Ty Lopez is. And um, I just started looking at his reading list on his website. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to get through all of these books. And so at 17, it really started me like wanting to learn everything I could. And I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't know what my vehicle was, what I was going to sell or anything like that. I just, it was really cool. And I liked self-development stuff. So I was like, I, I want to do something with uh, so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and back then too, I'd watch every online training I could from him, but I could never afford any of his programs back then. So, like, it would always be like a four hour talk on like seven ways to make more money in whatever. And I would sit there and I'm laying on my parents' living room floor, just taking notes <laughs> on a notebook through these things. And then at the end of the four hour pitch or the four hour workshop, then there would be a pitch for the accelerator, which was always like three grand. And I, yeah. couldn't, I couldn't afford it. My parents wouldn't pay for it. So right. every time I would sit there and just get really frustrated, like, man, this is what I need to like get to the next level and I can't have it. So that, that kind of bothered me. Um, but anyway, I just ferociously took notes and I continued to do that through uh, my senior year of high school. And then when I went to college, I... Like going into it, I kind of knew that I didn't uh, didn't want to be there, and I just wanted to learn on my own. And right. I had a few 
side hustles in high school. So like I knew I could make money like flipping things. I'd, I'd go to estate sales and like flip stuff and make like a few hundred bucks a weekend. And that was yeah. fun or whatever. I'd flip Jordan sneakers. So I like, I already had the entrepreneur like kind of seed you could say. And yeah. then um, when I got to school, it was like first week, freshman orientation week. And I wanted, I was in the business school. I was planning on majoring in finance. And I went to this like fair that they had for like freshmen who wanted to be in the business school. And all these professors had their tables out and it would be like the sales, marketing, finance, um, you know, all these different majors would have tables. Mm -hmm. So I'm walking around this, this small fair and the professors are behind their, their table. And I look at some of these, these books that are on the table. They had class materials there. And a lot of them were, to me, well-known sales, marketing, um, econ, finance books, or just uh, you know, money management and whatnot. And so I asked the professor, I'm like, so when are you guys going through this content? And they were like, oh, usually like three and 400 level classes, more junior, senior level stuff. And at least half of these books I had already read. And wow. so this was when I, it really hit me and I was like, why am I, what am I doing here? I was like, if this is the material that they're going through two years from now, and I have already read this, um, this is not for me. I'm not going to, you know, pay this money and, and be here. So I call my mom after that and like, it's week one. And I'm like, just so you know, I'm dropping out of college. <laughs> like, first, first week of first, first semester? First week, first semester. I'm like, just so you know, I'm dropping out. And, uh, she was like, she was like, just sticking out for a year. Like that's probably not a smart decision Yeah, Can't do much without a college degree. Like I really recommend you stay for a year. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll stay for a year. But every time we talked, I would tell her I'm dropping out over and over and over and over. And she would just like, she didn't really like that idea, but, um, that's how I found out college wasn't for me. And, uh, I just, I mean, I skipped class all the time to read books and then I'd show up for the exams. Um, I'd write papers on why I'm not excited to be in school when like the wow. prompt, the prompt was, it was in my econ class and it was, tell us why you're excited to be in school and the <laughs> economic opportunities that it will provide for you for the rest of your life. And I wrote an anti-college paper basically and I was like, I took like a profile of like some of the world's most successful billionaires. And I was like, it would take the average college grad at this salary, like 150 some thousand years to achieve their net worth. Yeah. They had no taxes, no expenses, nothing. And right. so I'm, I'm not excited to be here. I'm leaving after this year to pursue my, <laughs> my business. And um, I got a hundred percent on that paper. Wow. So uh, the professor favored that actually. And I got yeah. it. I mean, it's different from what everyone else is writing, but I want to go back and you, so you said that you read Robert Kiyosaki, rich dad, poor dad, yeah. classic entrepreneurial hustle, how to make money book. I love it. Uh, number one, how did you even get that book in your hands? Like where did you find it and get it? And number <laughs> two, why do you think it spoke to you so much that you couldn't put it down until you finished it? So I went, yeah, I just went to Barnes and Nobles. I knew, of a couple books that uh, that Ty had recommended. And I was just like, I'm going to just start with this one. And I'd looked up like, you know, best business principle book or, you know, something like that. 
Um, how did you even, so it started with Ty Lopez. How did you even get, how did he get on your radar? Oh, uh, believe it or not, it was, it was actually one of his YouTube ads. Um, I forget what I was looking at, but it had to be something with, with business. I don't, I forget, but I, I remember seeing his YouTube ad and, uh, I wasn't skeptical and I just clicked it. Um, mm -hmm. and then I jumped into 67 steps a couple, uh, a couple weeks later. And, um, that was kind of how I found that. But with rich dad, poor dad, I think what was super interesting and what like kept me going is I was just like so excited to dive into like learning about entrepreneurship. Like it right. probably could have been any book to be honest. Yeah. But that also gave me the thing of like, I remember in the first chapters, it's like, okay, I have my one dad here who didn't go to school. And then I have my PhD dad here who is still struggling to make money right. or, or whatnot or something similar. And I was just like, huh, so this like self-education thing like could actually work. And then I just like, that got me hooked. And I was just like, I'm going to just be ferocious and I'm going to learn everything I can. Yeah. And, and what like really appealed to you about this world? What, did you, did you see it as an escape from something in your past? Like, did you grow up without a lot of financial resources? Did you see people unfulfilled at home? Like what spoke to you? Like, I remember when I was first getting into wall street, cause I worked on wall street for about four years before doing my own business. I remember my parents were fighting all the time. Money was always a problem. And when I picked up these books like monkey business and all the wall street books, there was like, Ooh, this promise of like something else that I, yeah. <laughs> like my parents fighting about like a Ford Taurus hundred dollar monthly payment. I'm like, fuck that. Like I want a Ferrari. And then I read a book about yeah. how yeah. to get it. I'm like, Ooh, like this yeah. is where, like what yeah. spoke to you deeply? For, for me, I grew up uh, middle-class, you know, my, my father did, uh, has, has done well, but like always a single income family. Cause mom was a stay at home mom. Uh, I was an awesome mom. Uh, but uh, yeah, she was, a, she was a nurse before I was born. So like we always had everything we needed, right? Like a nice house, you know, a couple cars, nothing extravagant though. Like mm -hmm. if we could, we'd maybe we'd, we'd go on maybe one family vacation a year somewhere. And then once my sister went to college, um, they put her through school. And uh, so things were, were tight then because it's like, obviously, they didn't take out any debt for that. So, you know, a lot of the, the money was, was, was gone from that. So um, never really had anything extravagant. And the, I was never really stressed about money because they didn't really say anything. I don't know if they ever were or not. Um, but I just noticed like when my sister went to college that I couldn't have uh, certain things, you know, or like we never really go out to eat or, or something like that. So I think it came from a place of like, I just want to be able to do what I want when I want with who I want. And I never want to have to care about what it costs. That's it. Yeah. Like, I want my, whoever I'm around, whoever I choose to, to have in my life to, if we want to do something, it, 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 it's irrelevant what, what it costs. And I think that's a big, a big motivator for me is, um, you know, being able to do those things and it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Right. No, I, yeah. It's, it's like, there's a famous quote saying success is being able to do whatever you want, whenever you want with whomever you want, yeah. as much as you want. I love that quote. Yeah, no, I, I love it. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was just gonna, let's go back a second. So first week of school, you know, you're dropping out. Yeah. But you kind of had to get your mom on board with the idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're getting, you're getting these, you're getting A pluses on papers talking about how much you want to drop out. Yep. You've, you've nurtured your mother enough to get over the finish line where she's on board, you're on board. 
dad's on board. He was always on board. He never said no or anything. So, Oh, that's great. So, so everyone's on board. What's the process like? Like, who do you tell? You have to go into someone's office and tell them you're leaving. What's that process like? And then what happened when you left? What did you do? Yeah. So I gave, um, so during school, just for a little more background, I, um, I started a bunch of different little side hustles. Um, I tried trading porn exchange. I tried affiliate marketing, tried Kindle ebook publishing. Uh -huh. I opened the Shopify store. I like, I, I tried everything. I like my Facebook ads back then were like probably horrendous, like just yeah. laughable, laughable in someone's newsfeed. But anyway, um, so another thing I did in, in college at the end of the year was a special occasion speech um, for my public speaking class. And I gave a speech on how I was dropping out and how I encouraged everyone else to, you know, follow whatever they want to do, regardless of what this uh, structure is telling you that you have to do. And um, my professor there wasn't as kind. And I think I got like a D on that paper. Uh -huh. I was basically telling everyone to like, go follow their dreams and, you know, screw this place. So yeah. that was that. Um, as far as leaving school, I just, uh, you know, when it came to scheduling for classes for next year, I just never showed up. And um, I never like went into the chancellor's office or whatever and, you know, tell them I'm leaving. But uh, I just, you know, I was done. I didn't schedule any classes, didn't do anything. Uh, and just, yeah, that, that was it. Dropped from the system. And uh, when I clicked the, the button, like unenroll or whatever, though, on like the back end, I was like, man, this is it. Like, um, I never thought, because like people always had expected me to go to school. Right. Yeah. You know, so I'm just like, all right, I'm leaving school. And all my friends from high school always thought that, you know, because college is the path to success, you know, like they were like, you know, they never really said anything either. Um, yeah. So that's a great story. And it's amazing what you've been able to do. So before we get to where you are today, what did you do when you dropped out? Were you working on these different side hustles for a while? Yeah. So I was working on these side hustles and that really cut my chops in internet marketing, right? Like for a lot of these businesses, I had to learn how to set up like email autoresponders, how to run Facebook ads and how to start an e-com store and all these different things. So that kind of added to just like the general breadth um, of, of what I did. And then on the side, obviously I had to live. Yeah. So I was living in Madison at the time. So I got a uh, job and I was making cold calls all day to, to, to businesses. Okay. And uh, I was selling fiber optic cable to businesses. Oh my God. And so this really cut my chops on the telephone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Talk about like what you learned and what that experience was like. Yeah. I got this job selling uh, fiber optic cables to businesses over the phone. Uh, I was top sales guy there for, you know, a few months, uh, that I did stay there and I was just building my side hustles on, on the side. And like, I would go to work, you know, eight to five. I absolutely hated every minute of it, but it got me good at what I didn't want to do. And, um, I was in a, such a place of pain of hating that job that like, I was like, I am getting out of here. Like, like as soon as possible. Yeah. And so like that pain really did motivate me to like, get things going on the side. So I'd work from like 6 p.m. to like midnight every night after work. So I mean, I was putting in long days, but I just like hated it so much that I was like, I'm gonna do whatever whatever I have to do. So then I start this agency. Um, this was shortly before Ty released his, uh, his program because I had already had the core skills. I was like, businesses need this. I'm gonna see if I can do it with other businesses. So mm -hmm. 
after work, I'd go to every local networking event that there was and just start meeting people, wow. um, owners, and like just getting in front of people, letting them know what I did. Um, and that's where I got my first couple clients. And um, I mean, I had to go to a lot of these things. It wasn't really fun driving from my day job straight to a networking event for my own business. And yeah. um, how, do, how do you balance that? Because I used to work at a hedge fund and I was building my stuff up on the side and you have a lot of people driving Ubers and cold calling and doing all these things and trying to build on the side. And then they say, there's not enough time or I can't do both. And a lot of people just get sucked back into that day job and they never make it out to the other side. How did you balance it and how did you get your I, way to the other side? It was just, I hated it so much Yeah, that I like was going to do whatever it takes. And like, I think time is always kind of an excuse like if you really wanted it that bad, you'd make time for it. So I see where people come from. But like when you're in a place of like, I'm not staying here, I'm not getting another job. I am going to do this thing. Like you, yeah. you get out of it, you know, but it's, it's tough sometimes. It there's a great, there's a great story about a monk who has a student and the student says, can you teach me how to build a million dollar business? And the monk says, no problem. Just meet me at the ocean at 4 a.m. tomorrow morning. And the guy says, 4 a.m.? It's so early. Well, does it have to be 4 a.m.? And the monk says, yes, 4 a.m. tomorrow morning. So the guy gets to the ocean. It's 4 a.m. The monk's already there. And um, the monk says, to the, and the guy says, I want to learn how to build a million-dollar business. What, are you sure this is where we need to talk? And the monk says, yes, come with me. And he brings the guy to the water. And the monk says, all right, go in the water now. And he's up to his knees. And the monk says, all right, go up to your shoulders, go up to your head. So the guy's in this freezing cold water. It's basically up to his eyes right now. And the monk shoves the guy underwater and he's holding him. And the guy's squirming. He can't get out and he can't breathe. And, he can't breathe. and then he gets out. And the guy says, what the hell are you doing? I want to learn how to grow my own business, not how to drown and die and swim. And yeah. the monk hold on one, one more thing I have to teach you. And he shoves the guy underwater again. He's squirming, he's squirming, he can't breathe. And the right last second before he drives, he comes up, he gasps for it, he goes, <laughs> and, and he goes, what the hell are you doing? How are you going to teach me how to start my own business? And the monk just looks at him and he says, remember how you must have that oxygen? Remember that feeling where you had to breathe? He goes, I need you to have that feeling for your business. It, it has to be that big of a must. And once you can feel it that deeply, you will do it. Because yeah. if you move back in with your parents, if you have a corporate job, if you get comfortable, if it's not that must, like I literally need this breath of oxygen or I'm going to die, then it's That's not. How you're it not was, gonna, you're That's not how it was. Yeah. And I, I made that commitment. I was like, if I'm going to drop out of school and say, I'm going to do this entrepreneurship thing, I'm not going to not going to not take action. It's not an option. Like, yeah, has to work. Has Am to. amazing. So, so then where did you go from there? You start, you were doing the day job, which you hated. So you knew you had to get out. You were doing, you were going to a lot of networking events and then what happened? And then I uh, started acquiring clients, took me a few months, but then I landed my uh, biggest deal at the time, which was that, that, you know, uh, fee was enough to sustain me every month. And, and I was what, like, planning, what were you doing for these clients? This was uh, social media management and uh, Facebook advertising, influencer marketing, uh, right. that kind of thing on social. And um, now that felt really, really good. I remember the meeting that I had I, uh, with this company. And um, I, I won't say who, but 
I, uh, they asked me how much it was going to cost. And I said, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be four grand a month for me to do this for you. Okay. And, um, in my mind, the whole meeting, this was like a two hour meeting leading up to that question. I, I walked in there. I was like, okay, if I can just close this for 1500 a month, this will be great. Right. <laughs> and I walk in there literally when they asked me, so how much is this all going to cost? Like end of this two hour meeting. I don't know what changed, but I literally just threw out four grand. I had <laughs> no intention of charging that amount of money for what I was doing, but yeah. I just, I, don't, I literally don't know what happened, but I just said it. And they looked me dead in the eyes and they were like, great. I suppose you didn't bring uh, the agreement with you today. You'll have to come back. I was like, nope, I have it right here. Passed wow. it across the table. They signed it right then and there. And I was like, this is great. <laughs> One client. One client, dude. I left that meeting like the happiest dude ever. It's so, it's so wild how, how, like when I first was starting my own business, which I didn't even know what I was going to be doing. I was just, I want to coach and help people and travel yeah. and be on Instagram. And I can't tell you how many people just told me I wasn't going to be able to do it. And that yeah. it would just be too hard and there's no way and it's impossible. And 99% of businesses fail. And those statistics are true, the 90% rule and everything. But yeah, I mean, one client, two clients, there's your base income that you can live off of. And it's really just a matter of, so, so how did you get there? Because what were the sort of the key things that you learned over the past year or two that led to that moment where you can make that happen? You know what? So no matter what you're doing, uh, someone needs to buy it. Okay. So you need to learn how to sell it. Um, that's, that's really what it was. I also found that you really need to know, like if you're going to help somebody and you want them to trust you with an amount of money, you really got to know what you're talking about. So all of those years of like really being diligent and committed to becoming expert and learning like set sets you apart because if you can talk confidently in a room of people and you know tell them you can get them the desired result and you can say that without a shadow of a doubt people are going to buy from you like they they have to feel confident in you um, that you can produce what you're saying and i think people struggle with sales because they're not convicted that they can that their product or service can help somebody I would walk in everywhere and I was like, I know this is going to help you. I know I can do this for you because I was sold on me, right? I knew I did the work. Yeah. You got you to gotta sell yourself on you first. Yeah. You have to believe it. And then you go sell it to someone else. Right. And because I did, because I read hundreds of books over those uh, couple of years, you know, from 17 to, to uh, you know, 20 and I still read today. I mean, I'm only 21 um, side note, but uh, like, <laughs> Amazing. You know, for reading um, that much stuff, I just, I just knew what I was talking about. I, I didn't fear anything. So that gave me the confidence. It's so true that, that what you said just stands out to me so much that you have to sort of believe it and sell yourself first because yeah. I've been in meetings where the cl potential client looks at me and they're like, can you do this? I've actually had job interviews when I was at Cornell University undergrad interviewing for Wall Street jobs, there was a trading firm on Park Avenue, they seed you 500K cash and you go trade it for them and they'll pay you commission and whatever you make. And the guy just looked at me and he's just like, can you do this? Are you, will you be a good trader? And I looked him in the eye and I said, hell yeah. And then they gave me the job and then I turned it down. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> but, it, but, but I turned it down for, for the promise of, of a different job. But the point is like, it's, it's about that self-conviction I think is so important. You, you have to be convicted that you can help somebody. Yeah. Otherwise, 
Yeah. Otherwise you can't be an entrepreneur. Yeah. So you need that. You need that. You need to be so convicted that like you feel like you're doing a disservice if you're not talking to somebody about what you do. Yeah, no, exactly. Right. So you get the first client and what's the bridge the gap from that first client to where you are today and include the ups and downs, you know, because maybe just talk to them about the darkness a little bit. So what, what struggles or challenges came up in between then and now? Sure. So, I mean, in the beginning, right, like you get a couple businesses, it's like, okay, how do I grow this thing? How do I maintain what I have? What a, and then the fear creeps in. It's like, what if I lose this? And then I have to go back to my job that I hate. Like that fear is like a very, very real thing. And um, that will motivate, that will keep you motivated even through the successes. Um, you know, maybe one thing I don't do enough is celebrate, celebrate the wins because I'm always, I always want to move forward. But that, that thought of going backward, although you don't want to dwell on that, use that as a reminder and kind of ground yourself in that pain of like where you were and you'll continue to do whatever it takes to get out of it. So, um, yeah, I mean, there were times in the beginning where I'd like bring a client on and, you know, just for my own inexperience. You know, whether that's the formalities of business or what have you, like, yeah, you make mistakes and you lose deals. And I mean, I remember I approached this uh, billion dollar a year real estate company that I wanted to do stuff for them. And one of my buddies got me, uh, you know, at least the opportunity to send something to their president. And um, I sent something to their president and I get an email back from one of their team members. Um, or actually they contacted my friend who, who introduced me because he was following up for me. And um, they said, it does, uh, your, your friend has never done anything of, of decent size for a company like ours. Um, it also looks like he really doesn't know what he's doing. So uh, the answer is no. And like, this is this billion dollar a year business and I'm just getting started here, like <laughs> in my company and I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to be able to help these guys out. This is super exciting. And then yeah. they come back and they're just like, you don't know what the fuck you're doing, get away. <laughs> um, so that was like, that sucked, right? Cause like you're brand new, like you're getting started, you're excited. And then like a big company like that just kind of like squanders you a little bit. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, that's really where I was like, okay, like, you know, if this is the world you want to play in, like, don't be mad that they were mean, like you need to learn how to do the caliber of work that they're looking for that. Exactly. Um, that you were easier. Just wish you were better and go yeah. get that. Yeah, for sure. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna take this as a lesson. Um, I'm, I'm not going to back down. I'm going to keep going. And I just continued selling, man. And then like one client added on after another. And I started getting into um, working with internet marketers and course creators and stuff like that. And then word really just spread, right? Like, um, once I was doing a really good job for one person, you know, it's, uh, people value quality work and working with good people, right? Like people who actually care and, um, you know, you're not there to push garbage into their life. You're there to add value to them. And, you know, people are, are uh, attracted to that naturally. So, Really, I built my business on strong ethics, always doing the right thing. And um, yeah, but those, those downfalls definitely suck because like you fear you're going back to where you were. Um, business, just expect you're going to get kicked in the mouth a lot. You're going to lose deals. People are going to tell you you suck. People are going to tell you, uh, you know, doubt you. And then you start to doubt yourself and you kind of wonder if it's really for you. But then you got to ground yourself in where you want to go. Yeah. 
It's it's really it's so true. I, I remember when I was in graduate school, I got an MBA, and there was this professor who was a longtime investment banker, and he was had a big attitude, and he I think got a PhD, so he always referred to himself as Doctor This and Doctor That, and I just made a huge mistake. And when I emailed him, I used his first name, and I was like, "Dear Al," even though like he's just so. Like it's so obvious to anyone with any business experience that it's like dear doctor or whatever his name was. And I emailed him and he didn't respond. And then I emailed one of my mentors who was a professor in the business school, a separate one. And she forwarded me an email that he sent to her being like, this guy is not ready for investment banking. Like maybe oh if you're, he said, he said maybe cause I had an offer to go work at a law firm. And then I was going to work there and then go into investment banking as an associate after. And I was trying to hop the fence and just forget the law and just go right to Wall Street. And he said to this professor, not copying me, just ignored all my emails, was sent to Risa. He goes, yeah, I think the law firm will give him a little seasoning for a few years. Oh, my God. Oh, doctor, you're killing me. But no, I... I learned my lesson. P.S. I, I did hop the fence. I got a job at another bank, so it was all good. But yeah, it's like those things that we learn as we go. And so, so what do you know now? Like, what advice would you give to someone who's either, because so you run like a Facebook ads, Instagram, like digital marketing agency, anyone who's looking to start their own business of any kind though, what, what are sort of, the, what could you tell them like how to sort of get polished and like be presentable and ready for like business client deals, like closing sales and sort of being professional in that regard? Sure. So like, I think one of the, the best things is just from whether it's website, whether it's social presence, whether it's whatever, like reverse engineer what's already out there. So if you know the top people in your space, like go look at what they're doing. And at least in the beginning, make something similar and you can innovate that later. But like, don't focus on like reinventing the wheel or, or whatever, because understand what's professional and acceptable has been around for, for a long time. So like once you're successful, you can, you'll see brands or personalities become a little more unorthodox and whatnot, um, yeah. add their own twist to it. But like in the beginning, when you're just trying to like get business and you don't have people trusting you or whatever, like you have to appear professional like take pride in even your appearance like if you're going out to close deals like wear a suit I wear a suit most days even if I'm not like uh like going on a client facing deal because it's just like how I feel right it puts me in the driver's seat I'm like no this is important what I'm doing is important um yeah. so I think a lot of that is just like in one way it's it's common sense but reverse engineer what the best people are doing and that that should be a quick start and a quick yeah i mean i remember doing that when i was first getting started with my business and thinking about who's already got it you know a, a great piece of advice for anyone looking to achieve anything in life is if you're going to buy a course if you're going to get a mentor if you're going to watch a training program make sure the person teaching that has what you want right sort of, and, yeah yeah and like just another thing for for picking up those skills like um, Ty always told me, he's like, there's a, a, a skill that a lot of people have and it's called learned helplessness. And because we are, have gotten lazy, people who want to do things aren't resourceful. So it's like you say, oh, I don't know how to do this, but really it could be solved with a five minute YouTube video. But yeah. you like, you're like, oh, my hands are tied. I don't know how to do this because you won't do the, the, the work to learn it. So like, if you're wondering like, 
I don't know, how to tie a tie the right way, go on YouTube. If you're looking at how to address an email professionally, go on YouTube or read a blog like it takes five minutes. You know, like just those like trivial things that people don't want to do. Like it, it, we have the, like, the largest database of information at our fingertips, you know, in human history. And it's like, use it, you know? Yeah, it's amazing. So I'm a business life coach, online course creator, group coaching. I, I, I'm an instructor and a teacher and I help people. And I do have a lot of knowledge in my head because like you, I've read tremendous amounts of books and have that information. But so many times people post in like, for example, I have Mastering Instagram as my online Instagram course. And if you go in the Facebook group today, somebody said, you know, Planoly is not working. What should I do? Or this is, and it's like, first of all, Google, YouTube video, they have their own support. And it's just like, I used to get frustrated and be like, oh my God, these people, they don't get it. But now I'm just like, I Google it. I give them the answer and they continue to give me money to be their teacher. Well, sure. And yeah, absolutely. And I mean, a lot of programs and whatnot, really, I mean, for, for course creators, like, I'll, t I'll just say this. I mean, I have my own program too. So like, I, you know, this is this like a bunch of people sell programs. I'll tell you what, when I couldn't afford programs, yeah, it took me longer, but I, I learned every single thing on my own. Okay? Yeah. And it's because I was willing to do the dirty work though. Yeah. What a course does is packages all the information you need into, you know, one thing and then you don't have to go find it or do the work. It's just like spoon fed to you, which okay. is great. I love programs, right? But, um, you know, I think just talking about putting in the work and the effort to, to learn something, uh, it's, it's all doable, but you have to be willing to. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you run an agency now. Tell us a little bit more about what your business looks like today. And also tell the listeners what made you so good at what you do. Why are you one of the best Facebook guys in the country? Facebook, mm -hmm. ad, Facebook ads guys. Yeah, sure. So I broke it down into a few things that I needed to know, uh, specifically around Facebook ads. So like, for example, I needed to get really good at finding out who people's customers are, who their ideal buyers are. I needed to learn the skills of how to talk to those people in a way that would intrigue them and want them uh, to click on my ads or, or respond to something. So I learned copywriting uh, very heavily. And then I had to learn, okay, when I'm sending users somewhere, how do I know they're going to convert? So I had to learn about landing pages. I had to learn about websites, user experience, all those things. And that's what I learned, you know, when I had all these different side hustles, right? So I just, I became, um, you know, a learning machine. I knew I had to be an expert in it or I wasn't going to get paid for it. Um, and I'm not saying if you don't, if you're not like a super seasoned expert at something, people won't pay you. That's definitely not true. Cause in the beginning people paid me and I wasn't where I am today. Yeah. So I'm not saying that, but just being diligent and being like, I have to master my craft if I really want to play in the big leagues, because now when I manage, you know, budgets or over a million a month and spend collectively or, or oversee things like that, it's like, if I didn't know what I was doing my reputation would go to zero very quickly. And like, I just know I have to be at a certain level. Uh, and that push, knowing that I always need to be getting better at something, like it drives you to be good and then people start recognizing you for it. Yeah. So and, continuing, continuing learning after the wins, really. Right. And, uh, and another question more for the entrepreneurs who are listening, I've had a lot of people contact me and ask for the contact information of my Facebook ads managers. And I say to them, look, 
you know, my ads managers charge at least a few thousand dollars a month, but up to 10 K a month, depending on, you know, how corporate the role is, what ad spend looks like. And a lot of these people don't have income yet, or they don't know that, but, but it's like, then, so it's like, okay, do it yourself. But then there's a lot of people who say, don't do it yourself because you have, you know, you gotta be creating the course or selling the product or doing the other stuff. And it's great to outsource this. So what advice would you give like a solopreneur who maybe doesn't feel like they have the budget yet for Facebook ads? If you're a solopreneur, it's the stage that everyone goes through, right? Either you have a partner in the business that does really well with that and you guys kind of join together and do it, do it together and there's no capital investment uh, up front for that person's talent. Or in the beginning, you have to do it all yourself. Okay, if you can't afford it, like, great, put in a few extra hours a day learning something and, and doing it. I also think it's a good decision to do that because then when you do hire someone to outsource it, you're competent. If you're incompetent, you won't understand what that person is doing or how they're helping you as much. Right. So that will not only make that working relationship smoother, but you, you will know what's going on. Okay. So I would, I would advise you do learn yourself in the beginning, at least a little bit. And then when you can afford to pay someone to do it, pay someone to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and when they're ready to hire someone, yep. what, sh- what should they be looking for? If they set up calls or meetings with like a couple of different ads managers, what should yep. they be paying attention to? What questions should they be asking? Sure. So you should be asking, um, you know, what other ad accounts they've managed in your industry. You should be asking for screenshots of results. You could even ask to be in touch with some of their clients. Um, that's totally fine. Understand there's a lot of people out there offering the service and a lot of people who don't know what they're doing, offering the service, which is fine. You know, every, you know, people are starting somewhere. They're trying to get a business off the ground, but some people I don't believe are doing it ethically. So just make sure that they actually um, have proof to back it up. For example, if they have no experience, maybe you still want to give them a shot, but you'll give them a testimonial in exchange. Like, you know, those, those types of things can work, but it's less risk for you. So if you're really looking at investing a significant amount of money, um, just make sure you're dealing with an expert. And those are the things that you should be asking for um, to find out if they're really worth, worth their salt. And if they're not, that'll come out, you know. It's, you, you can't BS that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the follow-up question then becomes, okay, I have a business. Uh, I'm going to either hire someone or run my own Facebook and Instagram ads. But yep. what, about, what about Google? What about YouTube ads? What about organic? Like, How do you advise someone? Let's say they're, they have a budget of, say, $2,000 a month to spend on ads. How would you splice that? Sure. So I would say start on Facebook, Instagram, just because it's underpriced in my opinion compared to Google and YouTube, because Google and YouTube are more mature platforms, but it's not a one size fits all thing, right? So it's like, maybe you test them evenly in the beginning. Maybe you do a thousand on Facebook, a thousand on Google and YouTube. It really depends on the business too. It's not, like I said, not one size fits all, but because I'm most well-versed in Facebook and I get good results there, I'm always going to lean towards Facebook and Instagram until uh, it gets too overpriced. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, what. I'm, no, yeah. that's that's great. So, um, what what's next for you? What are you? What are your goals for the next, say, one year and three years? Um, goals would be to continue growing my agency um, well into the seven figure range, eight figure range, if I can. Um, have some great partners over here on my side as well that 
um, focusing on growing uh, their agency. We will actually maybe coming together here shortly. Uh, so it'll be larger clients, larger deals, um, a lot higher ad spend, and really moving into um, hopefully managing you know Fortune 1000, Fortune 500 heavily um, versus uh, other other clients, which you know it's just what's necessary to get to a, a valuation uh, that you know you'd want to be bought out at. Uh, by a large agency is working with those kind of clients. So we'll see about an exit. We'll, we, we're not sure yet. I mean, that's the entrepreneur's hope, but uh, that's what's next for me. Um, working on speaking a lot more. I got invited to speak at University of Southern California by a professor there uh, to speak on Facebook ads. So that's, that's exciting. Great. Congratulations. Um, thanks. Yeah, I've spoken at a couple thought leadership conferences, which is really funny because I dropped out. Um, <laughs> now you're going to college. Is, I'm, uh, I'm his student's age, which is really, really, really funny. <laughs> um, Love it. So, yeah, more speaking um, and then maybe growing my, my coaching side of things too. I mean, there's a lot of uh, pieces to this, but really growing a team and uh, being able to focus on things that move the business forward and, and delegating more, I think, is uh, going to be next for me. Awesome. What is, what is the biggest either skill or information that you don't have that you want or you know, like, and this could be in any area of your life. It's not just business, Facebook ads. What do you, what do you want to focus on maybe personally going forward? Um, personally, I would say like I used to be, I used to swim in high school. So I used to be in really, really good shape. Um, so as an entrepreneur, I don't have a lot of time to work out, which is once again, when I say the time thing, it's an excuse, right? Yeah. But when you're done with a 14, 16 hour day, you definitely don't really feel like going to work out for an hour or two hours after that. And I'm totally fine admitting um, that that's the case. So yeah. um, I delegate as I grow my team or I think I'll have time uh, to really take better care of myself. Not saying I take bad care of myself, but definitely getting back to, to where I was fitness wise would be great. Um, I think that that's an area. And then really just learning how to lead and inspire people more effectively. I yeah. think I grow into an entrepreneur that's uh, running a team of people um, that they look up to and being able to manage and motivate those people effectively at a different level, you know, like um, fortune five CEOs are, are, are fantastic at that. Um, but you don't really have that responsibility as a smaller entrepreneur. So learning that whole skill set is going to be a, a new thing. It's, it's really powerful because I think entrepreneur, anyone who's listening who manages anyone or even is in a relationship or has a lot of friends, family, like what we do and the things we say and how we behave impacts other people deeply. Yeah. Even if you have one employee, if you manage one person, we could all take steps to grow and acknowledge them and give them praise and give them constructive criticism and develop that relationship, which then they go take out and then they can positively influence the people that they interact with. So it's very powerful. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Cool. So if anybody is looking to get in touch with you, either to hire you as a Facebook ads manager, to get advice, invite you to speak, or just learn more, where can people find you? Um, I recommend my Facebook. It's uh, just Nicholas Kirchner. You'll, uh, you'll find me there. And then on Instagram, my handle is Nicholas Kirch, uh, K-I-R-C-H. And uh, you can follow me, DM me there. I'm always open to giving you uh, you know, free help, free advice. So by all means, would love to, uh, you know, talk with some of you. Awesome. I'm, I'm loving this Insta, man. You got a, you got a nice Maserati in the second slot. Oh, here. Boy. Yeah, it's a, it's a new, uh, new purchase. I, 
I will say I'm a very uh, frugal guy and I, um, I this first thing I've really bought for myself since I started. So solid. Well, next time I'm in town, you got to give me a ride in the mud. Well, it's, it's a good time, man. Cool. Cool. Well, dude, thanks so much for coming on the show. This is awesome. I mean, you've killed it for me with Facebook ads. We're JVing together on some other stuff and you are absolutely crushing it. And I knew for sure deep down that you are the Facebook ads guy in this country. And I did not know how, how much there was deep down. I didn't know how much there was behind the story with the books. And it's just every time we chat, I learned something new about you and about life. So Awesome. I mean, 21 years old, dude, you're crushing it. Keep up the awesome work. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. And yeah, we'll see. We'll see where we go over the next 10, 15 years. And I'm looking forward to the ride. Let's do it, man. Well, Nicholas Kirshner, thanks again so much for coming on the show. All right. Thanks, Brendan.